Shabbat Shalom, brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining me here today on Let's Talk Torah. I'm Lee Hood from Blood of the Lamb Ministries and Heart of the Tribe. It's so wonderful to have you here with us today. It's such a blessing to be able to have this fellowship with you and to be jumping into the word of Yah and, and going through his Torah. So I thank you all for joining me. I would just like to, before we say Shalom to everybody, just bring on my guest. Now, it's been a long time, so I expect a big round of applause for Robert Wagner. Right. <laughs> shalom, brother. Shabbat shalom, my brother. How are you today? I'm good. I've just realized that we actually spoke about that on the show together when you were last on. And since I've had it, I've not actually been able to use it for you. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was the last time you were on it, a, a long time ago now. So it's great to have you with us. Well, thank you so much for having me today. I'm, I am feeling a little bit better, and uh, it's, it's good to be on with you today. Thank you. Oh, great. And so we've got Dan Lane here. Shabbat shalom, brother. We've got Sue Shoshana. Shabbat shalom. It's lovely to see you. I hope it's lovely in South Wales where you are. We've got a bit of sunshine here today. It's been some lovely weather, so I hope it's the same for you. We have uh, Lee Carubbers with us. Shabbat shalom. It's wonderful to have you here. Yeah, there's the round of applause for you, Robert. <laughs> we all missed you. We all missed you. Um, daughter of Yahweh. It's wonderful to have you with us every Sabbath. Thank you for joining us. Hope you have a lovely day as well. Laura Lee, missed you last night. So it's it's good to have you with us where you can properly, um, you know, put comments in. So I thank you for, for joining us last night, but I know it was a struggle for you. So Shabbat Shalom, Laura Lee. Good to have you with us. Oh, thank you, Dan. Thank you, brother. And we've got James as well with us. So Shabbat Shalom. It's good to have you. Wash hands. It's supposed to be <laughs> clap hands. <soon. laughs> I think it was clapping hands. And uh, Shalom, Shell. Lovely to have you with us as well. So, yeah, so we've got a lot to uh, to jump into today. Rinton Tin. Shabbat Shalom. It's wonderful to have you with us. And as we were just discussing, it's only one chapter this now, but there is quite a lot in it. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's got quite a lot. So um, so obviously it will not be as long as our other portions. I know I'm saying this quite a lot the past few weeks. Uh, it shouldn't be as big as our portions, but we do have still a fair amount that we can jump into there. So it's really, uh, really exciting. So I thank everybody for joining us. I think it's, I just love this platform and opportunity to to spend my Sabbath with all of you and to, to not just have the... The, the study time, but also the fellowship. It really is wonderful. And it's okay. Uh, well, thank you for being with us now. I hope uh, you all blessed your Sabbath as, as well, daughter of Yahweh. So before we start, I'd like to do a prayer because sometimes I forget to do this at the end of the show. So I just like to do a prayer and then we'll jump straight into it. Our Father, our Abba Yahweh, Father, we come to you. In Yahushua's name, we praise you, Father. We glorify you. We thank you. We exalt you above all things. We thank you for this opportunity to come to you on your Sabbath day, your most set-apart days. Father, to just be able to, to soak in your word, to have fellowship with brothers and sisters, and just, just have that joy that you intended us to have. Father, we cut ourselves off from the world at this time and just focus on you. Father, we lift up all our brothers and sisters around the world to you that need that healing that only you can deliver, that restoration of, of mind and soul and body, the restoration of their, 
the bonds and the, the ties in their family that may be broken, Father. We just ask for that. We ask for you to come into their homes, come into their ruwaks and just give them that shalom, that covenant of shalom that only you can give. Father, I thank you each and every day for the ability to have this platform, this the ability to be able to fellowship with brothers and sisters from all over the world. It truly is a blessing, and I thank you for all the blessings you've given me and our brothers and sisters. Father, I just ask that you have mercy upon us. You have that loving kindness for us, that mercy, and just let that blood of Yahushua wash over us and forgive us of all our sins and transgressions. Give us the strength to walk in your truth and your light, Father. Father, help us walk in your ways and not the ways of the world. Father, we ask that you be with us today and just let your ruach flow and your word flow. And Father, we ask this in Yahushua's name. Amen. So with that, I will get our Torah portion up. And everybody remember, end of the show, if you've got one, get your shofar ready for a blast. So it can be heard from all over the world, the four corners of the world, for the four corners of the Shamayins it can be heard. Oh, thank you. Amen. So then, so today's Torah portion by Alec. We had the Torah and the Besser are brought to us before, uh, on, on the first day of the week, on Sunday last week, by James Carruthers, where he looked at Isaiah or Yeshua 64, 1 to 12, and Luke 24, 24 to 43. Today, our focus is on the Torah portion itself, and that is Devarim or Deuteronomy. And like we said, it's only one chapter today. It's, it's chapter 31, verses 1 to 30. So there's a lot in there. So let's have a, only a short layout that we have, but we see there are a few things that happen in this one chapter. We have Yahushua, Joshua, become Moshe's successor. So we'll look at that. We'll look at some similarities we can see there. We'll look at the law to be read every seventh year and what picture this could be painting prophetically. Yakumba Highlander, great to have you with us. Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. Uh, well, then we look at Moshe and Yahushua receive Yahweh's charge. And then it ends with talking about the song of Moshe. And that's what our Torah portion will be on next week. It's the song of Moshe, probably the lesser known song of Moshe. When we think of the song of Moshe, we all think about Exodus 15 after they've crossed the Red Sea. Um, you know, I'm sure many of us have seen that YouTube video out there with the words and, and, and the pictures put to it. But this is actually the lesser known song of Moshe. So I look forward to that next week. So Vialek. So we see that the name of this portion derives from the first verse where it says, and Moshe went. That's that Vialek, and it means went, you know, he went. We see how Moshe goes and speaks to the people of Yasharel, and he commands a public reading of the Torah every seventh year. And that's something we're going to be looking at. Moshe will commission Yahushua to take charge and lead the people. And we'll look at how Moshe and Yahushua are both a picture of Yahushua, our Messiah. So the word itself actually derives from the word halak. When you when you look at it in Strong's, I think it comes up uh, halak. But when you actually go to the the Hebrew section, when you go to the Hebrew, if, if you use Esword, when you go to the Hebrew, it actually has vialek. And we'll see they're both spelt differently, so we'll both look at those words. But this is the root word, shall we say, of it, halek. And that means to go, to walk, to come. Uh, we see it has many meanings here. Uh, to live, manner of life, to walk. And, and that's really what we're all about. It's Our walk is really our manner of life. You know, Do we walk with your, 
or do we walk with the world? So the name of this portion, so it comes from that word halak, which can be translated as walk or walked. I think it's interesting that we see it used in Genesis 5.22 when it says, and Hanok walked with Elohim after we get Methuselah 300 years and we've got sons and daughters. So I just think that's really important. That's, that's interesting to see that, that, you know, it's the same word for, for Hanok walking with Elohim. And that's what we really want to strive to do is be able to walk with Yah. It's so important how we choose to walk in our lives and will we walk in your word and truth and light or the world. Psalm 86, 11. So these are all verses that have this word in it. It says, teach me your way, O Yahweh. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. And I know me and my, my wife love it when we see any scriptures which refer to Yahweh's name. So powerful, so important. And it really is that truth that needs to be revealed. First John 1 7. But if we walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Yahushua Mashiach, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We see there if we walk in his light, we are cleansed, we are washed in that blood that cleanses us from all the sins we have. I'm sorry, I just got a few more verses regarding this walk. So Proverbs 19:1. Better is the poor that walks in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. So we, we see how important it is to making sure we walk uprightly, walking with integrity in Yah's word. Proverbs 14.2, He that walks in his uprightness fears Yahweh, but he that is perverse in his ways despises him. And we really see that in the world in which we live today. We have those that, that fear Yah, and we have those that have a true hatred for him, that really despise him. And we can see that those are the perverse, the abominations of this world. Proverbs 20, verse 7. The just walk, the just man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. And I thought that was such a wonderful verse because many of us do have children. We have family. And just knowing that if if the man is there walking in integrity, his children will be blessed. And that's just one that I just thought was lovely to add. Isaiah 33, 15 and 16. He that walks righteously and speaks uprightly. He that despises the gain of oppressions, that shakes his hands from holding on bribes, that stops his ears from hearing of blood and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. He shall dwell on high. His place of defense shall be the munitions of rocks. Bread shall be given him. His water shall be sure. So we see that those that walk with this righteousness, this integrity of Yah, not following after the practice of this world, the, the corruption, the oppression, the bribery, this love for money and for blood, those that walk in yours will be lifted up, will be, will dwell on high. And it just, it's just so wonderful. Colin, great to have you with us, brother. Great to have you with us. I think Catherine's been trying to get in touch with you this week, so I think she might message you. But Shabbat Shalom. Yeah, and I'll keep on keeping on. I love it. I love it. I've um, just on a, on a different topic now because Colin's took me off track, but... I've been trying, I've been watching your videos. I've been watching those videos on United and Yard, and I can't seem to find one that has that, has your Sabbath song, because I absolutely love that Sabbath song. Colin, um, for those that are in the Telegram groups, I put a video on last week after Sabbath with, with Colin performing with his wife. So wonderful, so filled with love and praise for Yard. However, he has such a good song for Sabbath 
um, a Shabbat Shalom song. It really is uplifting. It's fun. And I've been trying to find it all week and I haven't been able to. So you'll have to try and, and steer me towards it because uh, you have many wonderful songs, but that is truly up there as well. And then Psalm 128.1, maybe my best one here. It's blessed is everyone that fears Yahweh that walks in his ways. So we must walk in his ways. We must have that fear. So these are just all verses we reference in that walk. I just thought it was quite interesting and relevant to be looking at those with this Torah portion and the name of it. So we see it's halach. That's the root word it comes from. We have the hay there, which is the man with his with arms held up. We have the, the lamed, which is that shepherd's staff. And we have the calf, which is that palm of the hand, which means to open or allow or bend. So we have through the ruach, which is that hay, you know, breath or ruach it can be. We receive the teaching, which allows us entry. So when we walk in the ruach and the teachings, we are given entry. And as as I think it was that verse from First John, I think it was 1-7, I'm not sure. It's, it always said that if we walk in his ways, then we will be washed with that blood and cleansed. So it's so important. And Violek now. So this is the word which is actually the title for the Torah portion, where this word, the word that comes from Halek. So like I mentioned before, if you look in the actual Hebrew, this is how the word is spelt. So it's it's got that Vav first, which is the nail or the peg to add or secure. We have that Yod, which is the one which looks like an arm, which means arm, hand, work, deed, praise or worship. We have the Lamed, which is the shepherd, the staff, the teacher, or Yahusha, and the calf, which is the palm, or open to bend, allow or tame, as we mentioned before. So we were secured through the works of Yahusha and the palm of his hands. Wow. So I, I, I just I just love it when you can see the Hebrew wow. is such a wonderful language. It really is. When you break it down, you look at these pictographs. I know your wife does it a lot. Um it's so wonderful what you can pull out of there. And I just love being able to see pictures of our Messiah because he is the word. So we should be able to see him in every letter. We should be able to see him in every word. We should be able to see him in every verse, really, because he is that word made flesh. Uh, good good point there. I never really quite thought of it that way, Lee. That's, that's really a good word. Yeah, people sometimes, you know, they might have a bad thing to say about, you know, what we do and how we interpret these words and look at them but when we when we look at scripture in john it tells us he's a word made flesh so really we should we should see him in the word and that's one thing that i do try and do i i, well, I say i try but it's something that i do see a lot i see yahushua in the word especially in the the old testament that that's really good that that's a really good point i really like that oh, thank you brother my wife is getting something that i think maybe oh, for later Oh, for when it, when it comes up. There you go. <laughs> and John, thank you, brother. Yeah, that verse, I, I mentioned it before, but it's a great one. So thank you for bringing it up. That's what I was talking about before. If we walk in the light, as he is the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Yahushua Hamashiach, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Yeah, I had that in one of the verses, the ch slides before, but that was so perfect. And thank you for bringing that up for his brother. Really, thank you very yeah, much. Good, good point there. Very, very good scripture. So then now we begin our Torah portion. We've had the pleasantries and the introduction. We now begin. So 31, 1 and 2. 
And Moshe went and spoke these words into all Yasharel. I love that, all Yasharel. We looked at it last week, how it was. He's speaking to all the people of Yasharel, all the congregation, from the lowest to the highest, all the assembly, all the people. This is for all Yasharel. Very important. And he said unto them, I am a hundred, I'm 120 years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also, Yahweh said unto me, you shall not go over the yard, this yard on. So Moshe is 120 years old and ready to die, but it's not through his any ill health, but it's because he must die so that people can enter into the promised land. Remember, Yahweh instructed, which Yahweh instructed to happen due to him striking of that rock for that second time. We see in Numbers 2012, it says, And Yahweh spoke unto El Moshe and El Haran, because you believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Yasharel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. And I've done a, a study in the past. Um, I think it's called Speak to the Rock. I did a blood lamp show. And it's regarding this here, this this the striking of the rock and why he wasn't allowed into the promised land. And, and, and I believe it's because it, it distorted that prophetic picture of Yahusha and how we just come and speak to him now. He was struck once for us, uh, once for our sins, and now we're to go and speak to him. And, and through doing this action, Moshe was distorting that. And um, it's just a little study I've done on that there, but I won't go into detail now. So we see the difference when he when Moshe dies, which we look at, we'll look at now in, in Deuteronomy 34. We see that there's a difference between how it describes other people when they are dying to show that he wasn't of ill health. It says in 34.7, and Moshe was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim nor his natural force abated. So we see that he was not ready to die. He, he was still healthy. Um, you know, I know if I got to 120, my natural force would have abated me by then. But um, obviously, you could go into that, but there, there was a lot healthier back then. You know, they weren't corrupting their bodies with all the toxins that we have around at the moment. But yeah, so he was 120 here. It says that it's force and not had abated him his natural force not abated him so he wasn't actually ready to die so when we see here in verse two it says um i can go i can no more go out or come in it's nothing to do with health wise but it's because of yard's instructions and you commanded him that he was not to enter into the land so just while we're talking about moshe we can send 120 years we can see that his life is split up into four Four, three sets of 40, you can say, of Moshe. He has the 40 years in Mitzrayim. He has the 40 years in Midian. And he has the 40 years in the wilderness with Yasharel. Um, we looked at it previously, how 40 years an important number in Scripture, symbolizing times of testing and trials. We have some examples with the flood. We have the, the flood waters prevailing for 40 days during Noah's time. The beginning of the flood, it was 40 days that it rained and the sea level rose. Moshe on the mount for 40 days and 40 nights. We see this when he was receiving the commandments. Yonah and Nineveh were given 40 days to repent. Yasharel in the wilderness for 40 years. Yahushua fasting for 40 days in the wilderness. And there are many more 40s, but we have Eliyahu as well for 40, 40, uh, 40 days fasting. So we uh, there are many, many events to do with the 40 days. And we see the number 40 is the letter Mem, 
and it means water, blood, mighty or chaos. So just so we can see that this this word is is it's about chaos. It's about time of trials. It, it's quite an important uh, number, I believe. So let's see next. So 120 then as well, I think is quite important. So John says, Genesis 6, 3, and Yahweh said, My Ruach should not always strive with man, for he for that he is also its flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Brother, it's like you've got my presentation already, <laughs> and you're putting them up before I come on. Great, yes. That is what I've got here. That's very important, yeah. And I'm going to get into that. So 120, believe that it, it's a divinely appointed time of waiting is when I looked online. I seen that's how it was described. And we see it's because of the time of Noah and the flood. You know, Noah was told uh, to preach that same number of years. As John just said, Genesis 6, 3, it says uh, 120 years. Yeah, his day shall be 120 years. Yeah, I think, no, bro. <laughs> Don't you dare apologize, brother. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's just it's just that double witness, isn't it? It's that's why we say when someone brings up the same point as you, it's just that clarification in the eyes of you are, I believe. It's it's just showing that you're on the right path and it's uh, it's wonderful. And I, I believe that 120 years is very interesting as well. And I'm going to talk about it, but it now, brother. So we see also 120 in the book of Acts. So Acts 1.15, it says, and in these days, Kepha stood in the midst of the Talmudin and said, so, and the number of the names together was about 120. So I think that's interesting because that's when it's talking about in, in chapter two is when the Ruach HaKadosh descends um, and, you know, every re receives those fiery tongues. So I thought that's quite interesting. So we see, um, so we see 120 here and there. And I believe that if we take 120 and we, and we put it into jubilees, it'll be 120 multiplied by 50 and we get 6,000. So when you, uh, so in, in Genesis there where it says that his day shall be 120 years, I believe that this could be a picture of that time until Yahusha returns, until that day of Yahweh to come. Um, and we'll look in a minute how Moshe is that picture of Yahusha and his first coming. And then Joshua in his second, Yahushua, Joshua in his second coming. So possibly another correlation there, how after that 120 years representing Moshe's life, those 120 jubilees could be when Yahushua returns. So that's just just an opinion I have. Um, I I have the belief of the, the 7,000 years of history, including the millennial reign. That is my opinion. I, I don't know if it's shared by everybody else on this platform. I don't speak for everybody else. I speak for myself. I believe in a young earth, that's a, that's sick. that'll be 6,000 years old until Yahushua returns. Good morning, Sherry. Great to have you with us. But as I said, I speak for myself only. Um, I don't want to put words in anybody else's mouth. So verse 3. Yahweh he will go over before you and he will destroy these nations from before you. And you shall possess them, and Yahusha, he shall go over before you, as Yahweh has said. So we are to trust and believe that Yahweh will go before us and lead us in our lives. He will break down those walls that the enemy may have ahead of us, and he will, he will destroy them, and he will destroy our enemies. He will break down those walls for us. 
Mechael, great to have you with us, brother. Shabbat Shalom. Oh, thank you, Sherry. Uh, but we must remember that these things are only accomplished by Yah's hand and not of our own. As we spoke about, I believe it was a portion that you were on with me. It said that I give you this land, not because of any righteousness that you've done, but because of the wickedness of the people in the land. We see that it's it's all at the hand of Yah, and it's all Yah's will. And it's nothing that we're doing to, uh, to get those things. Oh, thank you very much, John. So Psalm 34, 2 and 3 says, oh, just like Shell says, that understanding is what I see too and makes sense that understanding of Jubilee years taking place every 50 years and not 49. Yeah, yeah, it was in that 50th year, wasn't it? Yeah, so thank you very much, Shell. Oh, I'm glad people are agreeing. That's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, so Psalm 42, uh, 44, 2 and 3. How you did strive, did how you did drive out the heathen with your hand and planted them, how you did afflict the people and cast them out. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your countenance, because you had favor unto them. And that's it. He's just talking about how Yar is the person that gave the people the land, that put the people in there, and he drove out the enemy. So I know it's a topic that, Many of us have spoke about, I know you've spoke about it as well, Robert, how we shouldn't put our trust in man. We should be having it always in Yah. We shouldn't be fearing man or trusting man. It should all be towards Yah. Psalm 146, verse 3 to 5 says, Put not your trust in princes, nor in the son of Adam, in whom there is no help. His breath goes forth, he returns to his earth. In that very day his thoughts perish, happy as he that has the L of Yahoo for his help, whose hope is in Yahweh El Haini. Um, and that's what I have my hope in as well, my beliefs in as well. Okay, what's going on here? Anybody getting squeaking interference? Sorry, is, there, is people getting interference in the video? Um, I think someone's saying there's, there might be a bit of noise or something coming through. So I'm not sure. I'm not hearing anything, but we'll see what they say. So Yah went before them in the wilderness, and he goes before us in our lives. Exodus 13, 21, and Yahweh went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them by the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. And Isaiah 45, 2, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut asunder the bars of iron. Okay, then, yeah. So, yeah, so we see that Yah goes before his people and he really does. He delivers them. So we shouldn't be trusting in princes. We shouldn't be trusting in man. We shouldn't be trusting in prime ministers or presidents or anybody else to deliver or save us. But um, have that trust in Yah. And I'm not saying this from a, from a place, you know, you know, looking down at people, criticizing people. I've been there myself. You know, I've I've had, I was very much, um, I know I'm only in England, but, uh, well, sorry, Wales, I, uh, very much in Britain. But I remember I looked on this, the election in 2016, and I was, you know, I was there going all for Trump, you know, but 
since then I've come to the realization and the belief that we, we, we need to be focusing more on Yah and not man. Oh, oh, it's lovely to have you with us, Laura Leeds Mother. Thank you for joining us. It's always wonderful to have new people with us. I hope you enjoy it. Hope I don't scare you off. I'll try not to be as silly as I was on my show last night. I'll try to be more serious on this show. Be very serious. So, so now we're just going to look at Moshe, Yahusha, or Joshua, and Yahusha. So I believe that both leaders of Yasharel are a picture of our Messiah, Yahusha. Moshe is that picture of Yahushua's first coming, who came in humbleness. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Adonai, Yahushua Homoshiach, that through he, though he was rich, so though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. So they're talking about that humbleness of Yahushua when he came. He could have had all the riches in the world. He could have had all the kingdoms. He came in meekness and humbleness for us. Numbers 12, 3, now we look at Moshe. Now the man Moshe was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Meek can, can be meek can be poor, humble. Oh, yeah, so that's my words there. So meek, when you look at the definition, it could be poor, humble, afflicted, or meek. So, again, we see that humbleness with Moshe, that link there to Moshe and Yahusha. So Moshe and Yahusha would both pray for people. They would intercede for them to Yah to get them to repent. Moshe would have many times, many times during that wilderness that the people would sin. The people would be disobedient and, and Moshe would go and intercede for them. He would pray to Yah for them. He does it straight away at Mount Sinai when the people are, are sinning. When he comes down, he breaks the cover, he breaks the, the commandments. He goes back up. Now, I'm not saying this word for word, but Yahweh says, you know, I'll destroy them and I'll make you, I'll lift you up, I'll give you, I'll make you a great name, something along those lines. And, and Moshe says no. Moshe, obviously Yah's testing him. Yah knows that Yah's not going to do that, but Yah's testing that character of him. And he is humble. He prays and he intercedes for the peoples. And it just happens throughout the whole time in the wilderness when they sin. He goes to Yah and prays for them. And we see it with Yahushua as well. Hebrews 7, 25. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that came unto Halakim by him, seeing he seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. So we see there that Yahushua makes intercession for the people. You got something to say, you say Robert? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I was going to say that there is probably probably never been or will ever be another man that has been tested as much as Moshe was, mm. which is what made him such a great leader because time after time, God would test him and he would still, instead of taking everything for himself, he was still trying to save the people constantly trying to save the people and it's pretty amazing when you think about that because he could have he could have just let yah destroy the people many 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 times but he always interceded always and yah and and i think that's why yah loved him so much no yeah it shows that character of him doesn't it it's it's wonderful the amount of times he was tested by yah by the people and he, he always 
he always wanted to to save the people. He always wanted Yar to to have mercy on them, and it's uh, it's wonderful. It's a great picture of Yahusha as well. Yeah, he could have given yeah. up any time. Any time he could have said, "I had a heck with this. I'm I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm done with this." But never, never that we read in scriptures did he do that. No, that patience as well. That patience he must have had, and I I am not very good. I'm not very patient. <laughs> I, I do struggle with patience and uh you do. You should yeah. see me when I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, it's 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 wonderful, isn't it? How how Moshe had this and this this meekness, this patience, this love for people as well, this love for life. Um no, it's great that Robert, yeah. He's so tested. Like I say you could do such a big stu- study just on how much he was tested. Um numerous times and like we're told we will be tested we will face trials and we need to maybe try and try and picture Moshe and how he dealt with them when we come into it in our lives yeah amen praying for that humility of Moshe amen Rin Tin Tin yeah numbers 12 3 John saying now the man Moshe was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth yeah he was and that word for meek can be poor, humble, afflicted. You know, he was afflicted through these trials, but he was humble as well. And um, and a bit like he could have had all these riches as well. He came from the uh, he came from the I can't think of the word now, but the he came from the the pharaoh. He came from you know the upper upper class. Upper, I can't think of the word royalty. That's the word. Royalty. He came from royalty in Mitzrayim, so and he he left that to to, def, to defend Ivrit uh, uh, that was being afflicted. He he. So he left that bit, like we see in this scripture here in Hebrews regard. Oh, in uh, in Corinthians regarding Yahusha, he left that um, that place of royalty to be uh, to be humble for the people to it's uh, to be poor, and it is wonderful thinking about that. Yeah, sorry, James. Um, I was I couldn't think of the word royalty. So yeah, Hebrew word for meek is ana, which refers to someone who was afflicted or bearing a heavy burden. And yeah, I can imagine he had one heavy burden. He definitely did. You know, that's a good point, though, brother Lee, that James is bringing up. Because when I hear I hear the word meek, I always think of weakness. It's what I always think of for some reason. I don't I don't know why that that's what I think of when I hear meek, but that's not at all what it means. No, it's not at all, is it? It isn't at all. Yeah. Sorry, I just got. I'm not sure if that noise is coming from me or not. So, um, okay. Oh, what we have here, yeah, meekness. Yeah. Meekness was not weakness. It's your ability to bear the burden. Interesting. Yo, oh, yeah. Thanks, Lee. So again, so both of. So, yeah, so continuing on this. So, Yahusha, then Joshua, is a picture of Yahusha's second coming, coming to make war with the nations and lead the people into the promised land. Now, Revelation 19, 11 to 14. And I saw heaven opened and behold, a white horse. And he sat upon, he that sat upon it was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes were as the flames of fire and his head were many crowns. 
and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of Elohim. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And we know that Joshua will lead the people into the promised land through battle. They will go and they will battle the other nations to take those lands. And it's a bit here we can see a picture of Yahusha, how he returns and he returns with that army. He's He's got that blood on him from the battle from the wine press of the wicked. And we see it there. We see another picture of that correlation, how Moshe had to die so that uh, Yahushua could take the people into the promised land, much like Yahushua had to die so that he would be able to, to, to be resurrected. The Ruach HaKadosh could come down and how he could return for the day of Yahweh. Okay, yeah, and Michael says... I need also the patience of Job. Yeah, that was a very patient man as well. How he was able to endure those afflictions as well. Certainly was. So, verse 4 and 5. And Yahweh shall do unto them as he did in Sichon, and to Og, king of the Emorims, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And Yahweh shall give them up before your face that that you may do unto them according unto all the commandments which I have commanded you. So there were giants. These are referring to those giants which Yasharel defeated. As Yah delivered them up to the hand, it was through Yah that they defeated these giants. Yah will deliver us from the giants in our lives. Sometimes the problems we can see can seem like giants in our lives. It doesn't have to be a physical giant, but it could be spiritual. It could be just something that is in our on our life which could feel like something that is, is a giant that is, is too big for us to overcome by ourselves but Yah will be with us and help us overcome yes what a great verse to do with those verses yeah blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth amen brother amen and psalm 37 11 but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace amen brother and it's so wonderful to see how yahushua constantly quoted scripture how he was Deuteronomy, the Psalms, he, he quoted scripture all the time. And it's just wonderful to see that. But yeah, some great verses there. So the people must keep your commands. They were the, uh, so they were given commands as well to destroy the people, to destroy those idolatrous places of worship and not worship in the same way. So we see those commands that they were to have when they went into, into the lands, they were to, destroy these places and not to worship Yah as the other nations did. And here's some of them. There are more. Deuteronomy 12, 2 to 4 says, You shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations which Yah shall possess serve the Elohim upon the high mountains and upon the hills and every green tree. And you shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars and burn their Asherah poles with fire. And you shall hewn down graven images of their Elohims and destroy names of them out of the place. And you shall not... And you shall not do so unto Yahweh al So we see there, we're told that we have to destroy these places and we're not to worship Yah in the same manner. It happened time and time again that Yasharel, that Israel, they would turn to these ways and they would incorporate these idolatrous ways into how they worshiped Yah. You've seen at Mount Sinai straight away with the golden calf. They were taken from uh, Mitzrayim, how they would worship the calf and cows in Mitzrayim's. 
how they would worship that and and they they put that worship into it into it there um trying to worship your but worship through cow you taking those um practices and applying them to your and that's not what your wants sherry says yeah right he who endures to the end shall be saved amen yeah and, and it's when we get to that time of tribulation when we get to that those trials that are going to come you know we need to make sure we have that endurance so that we can endure and stay true to your like the book of maccabees how they they wanted people to denounce your they wanted people to to go against your ways we need to be ensure that we have that endurance so we can we can uh, face and survive through those tests Leviticus 20, 22 to 23 says, You shall therefore guard all my statutes and all my judgments and do them that the land wherever I bring you to dwell therein spew you not out. And you shall not walk in the manners of the nations which I cast out before you, for they committed all these things and therefore I abhorred them. And Exodus 23, 32 and 33, You shall cut no covenant with them, nor with their Elohim. They shall not dwell in your land lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve the Elohim, it will surely be a snare unto you. And we find we see in in our lives today, you know, especially being in religion and coming out, as being in the world and coming out of it, how all these pagan ways, these idolatrous ways, have been incorporated into Scripture, into Yahusha, into Yah, and how we are to worship them. You know, we think of um, how they replaced Pesach. That is. Pesach is what we should be celebrating, not the pagan feast that they have in, in, to worship a fertility goddess. We see it with December 25th, how they say that is the birthday of our Messiah, when really it's just goes back, you know, Saturnalia, all these other pagan um, feast days or festivals, how they have replaced Yah's days with these Halloween, there's so many different days that the world tells us that we should be celebrating and performing, which is not what we are to be doing. Um, it says here in Scripture, we are not to worship Yah the same way that the nations worship theirs. Um, okay, then. Verse 6. Be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For Yahweh Elohecha, he is he that goes with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you. Uh, Robert, if you have anything to say, brother, just just unmute and just jump on in. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so we see that when they keep the commandments, we certainly did shout. We inherited lies. We certainly did. And... It's so hard for us. Your nose, though, and yours trying to drag pull us out. Um, but yeah, we did. We inherited lies. It's just everything's corrupted. Everything is a lie, and it's it's horrible to think of. It's horrible to think of how we have been lied to, how the world's been lied to, and the world continues to lie. It does it does break your heart to think how they how they did this? But but your knows, and your knows that we have been we're listening to his truth, and we are coming out. Yeah. Going to be looking at those words in a sec. Thank you, Shell. Hachaz, uh, Amat, strong, courageous. Yeah. So we see that when we keep his commandments, 
when we do that which Yah requires, he will not forsake us. And I know James has spoke about that before on a previous uh, Huff Torah, talking about that forsaken us. So Psalm 94, 12 to 14, it says, Blessed is the man whom you chastise, O Yah, and teach him out of your Torah, that you may give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit be dug for the wicked. For Yahweh will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. And we see that he tends to be strong of good courage. These words are the same which Moshe is commanded to do to help Yahushua, Joshua. So in, in Deuteronomy 3.28, it says, But charge Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him. And those those two words, that he shall go before the people, he shall cause them to inherit the land which you shall see. And it's the same words that are used. And as Shell just said, this word for strong is I'm not the better. I'm guessing. And when we look into it, I won't go through all this, but we see here I've underlined some courageous uh, strengthen to strengthen, cleave and withstand. So we see that, you know, by cleaving to y'all, he gives us that courage, that strength to withstand. And as I mentioned, this is the word used for encourage in 328. So through your encouraging us he makes us stronger psalm 31 24 be of good courage and you shall strengthen your heart all ye that help in yahweh and the word amats is the word for use for courage and we see here it says to be alert just underline some courageous steadfast steadfast minded strong so we must be alert to the dangers around us without being being alert to those influence that try and remove us from yours protection but we must be courageous and strong-minded to keep yours will and we do this through your isaiah 41 10 i know this is the verse that many of us love here fear not for i am with you be not dismayed for i am your elohim i will strengthen you yea i will help you yea i will hope you uphold you with my right hand of my righteousness and they're just some wonderful words there so robert did you want to say something before i move on no you're good okay like i say just jump in brother whenever you've got something um i don't want to go past and not let you say something if, you, if you've got something to say so we are told that we're not to be afraid of what what is ahead of us, and we are to stay true to the word of Yah. Psalm 27 1. Yahweh is my light and my Yeshua. Whom shall I fear? Yahweh is my strength and my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 46 1. Elohim is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the end be the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters be Waters thereof roar and be troubled, but the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. And fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And that's Luke 12, 32. And I know this is something that you've definitely spoke about on a mercy poured forth, where you're talking about we shouldn't have that fear for the world and we should have that fear for Yah. And I think one of the reasons why we shouldn't have that fear, you know, which to stay strong in helping us not be afraid is because fear leads to unbelief. 
You know, if we have that fear of the things around us, we have that fear of the world or what might happen to us, it will cause us to have that unbelief to, to be led astray. And I feel like a great example of this is in Mark 4, 37 to 41. It says, and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that there is, so it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said unto him, Rabbi, do you not care but that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea shall obey him? So we see that here that, he, he says fearful, then straight away he says have no faith. So we see a bit of a link there between fear and unbelief and no faith. John says, Proverbs 18.10, The name of Yahweh is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. Amen, brother. And there are many people that do not want to run to his name. There are many people that believe in him, but for some reason they just don't want to run to that name. They run away from it. And I don't understand that, why they don't want to know that truth, but... He just said, then it's a strong tower. It's a wonderful, wonderful verse. So in Revelation, we see the fearful are with the unbelieving, the murderers, idolaters, condemned to the second death. So in Revelation 21, 8, it says, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all eyes shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And I, I believe that the reason we have fearful and unbelieving here linked uh, listed first is because they go together when you become fearful when you let that fear of the world take over you it does lead to that unbelief it leads to unbelief it leads to you walking away from your when you fear about the world and and don't you know my wife says it a lot to me if, if i start to to worry about certain things you know it could be bills could be work could be something and and, and she always brings me back and just says you, you should be trusting in your and you should not fear, you should not be thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? You should always say, focused on Yah to provide. He is Yahweh Yuri, He will provide for us. So we see that when we have that fear, it does lead to unbelief. And Laura Lee says, fill us with your courage, strength that only you can provide, Abba. Give us the faith Peter had to get out of that boat and walk on water. And amen. Yes, that is another um, verse as well. That is another account as well, where you see when he was focused on Yah, when he had his focus on Yahusha, he was able to walk on water. He was able to do that. He was able to perform that miracle, walk on water. However, when he looked to the side, when he looked at that water, that fear crept in and he sank. And that's what we need to be careful of, making sure that we do not have that fear that leads us to unbelief and leads us to sink. Uh, Shalom, Nina. Thank you for joining us. So let's see what we got next. So, verses 7 and 8. And Moshe called unto Yahushua and said unto him in the sight of all Yahshua, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with the people into the land which Yahweh has sworn seven oaths unto the fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And Yahweh, he is that goes before you, he will be with you. He will not fail you, neither forsake you. Fear not, neither be dismayed. So we see Moshe acting in humility here. 
And I just love this because Moshe has been told that he's not going into the promised land. He's told that he's, he's not ready to die, as we spoke about before. He's, he's a good health. You know, he could probably go another 40 years at least, probably, yeah, with the, how they lived back then. He he's, But Yah's told him, you're not going to the promised land. And he's humble. He, he As we looked at in numbers, when he, he, he passes, you know, he puts those two hands on him to anoint uh, Joshua, Yahushua. Instead of putting one, he puts two hands on, like giving him that double blessing, that double portion. He's just doing it all in humility. He's he's doing what's best for Yah and the people. He's not focusing on himself. He could be down. He could be down about, oh, I don't care. You do whatever. I'm going up here. I'm going off to die. You you saw out yourself because I'm done. No, no, you didn't. Like like John, uh, like Robert was speaking before. He said, you know, all those times he was he was tested. He kept doing what was right for the people. He kept praying for the people and trying to save the people. And we see it here in his death. He's doing what's best for the people. He's doing what's best for Joshua, Yahushua, Joshua, who's going to take over him. And he, he wants him to. He wants to help him in any way he can. And I think that is such a great thing that we should all be trying to do. It, and it's hard. It's hard. Doing what's best for the people part of a true follower of your it certainly is and sometimes it is hard and i never say any of this stuff anything i talk about on here i don't believe that i've got the answers i don't believe that i'm walking that perfect path i don't believe that i'm doing all these things which i'm seeing in scripture because i know i definitely have my struggles and i'll be the first to raise my hand and say yo i need your strength to help me you know not act in the flesh and and this is something we see here just having that humility to just be able, having that heart, as Catherine just said, to be able to to really to help everybody else, and it's it's so wonderful. It really is wonderful, and, and Catherine said it's that it's that characteristic of a true believer. So Colossians three twelve and thirteen put on therefore as the elect of Elohim, holy and beloved, hearts of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against you, even as Mashiach forgave you, so also do you. And Galatians 6, 2, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the Torah of Mashiach. Now, when we look at those, it's not saying about being a walkover. You're not to be a walkover and let anybody treat you however they want. That is not what it's saying. You can forgive people, but you can still come to them in love and, and speak to them about your differences you can forgive people and still do that. Shell says, Moshe had to give his regrets to Yah and be strong and courageous enough to just, to do just the, oh, sorry, Shell. Moshe had to give his regrets to Yah and be strong and courageous enough to just, to do the next right thing. Amen. And he was, he did, he did what was right in the eyes of Yah. He did what Yah wanted him to. And just, Moshe, just the amount he, he did and how he walked, it really is. And I know sometimes people like to say he was a disobedient. He, he, there's the reason why he wasn't allowed into the promised land, but I have a different opinion on that. And, um, and only recently I, I had the, the thought, um, that it was possibly because of the picture it was supposed to paint. Because of him having to be him being a picture of Yahushua. So the Yahushua had to die. So I believe Moshe had to die. Um 
because what Moshe had to endure and do for the people and, and what he did for Yah was truly amazing. And we're told that when it speaks about Yahushua, it says a prophet unto like Moshe. So if he was, you know, unrighteous or disobedient, then what's it saying about Yahushua? So I, um, yeah, I have a different opinion on, on that. Sherry says, no greater love than when someone lays down their life for a friend. And this is our Mashiach. And that's as our Mashiach did for his, our Messiah. Amen, Sherry. There certainly is that love that Yahushua had for the people. And we actually see it here in Moshe. He's laying down his life so the people can go into the promised land, so the people can go. And I actually love that. I don't think I've put that anywhere. And that's wonderful, that that verse that you said that it really is. So we must obey and follow Yah no matter what the consequences. Moshe knows that he will die soon through Yah, uh, though Yah will. Mm. Moshe knows he will die soon through Yah's will, but he still follows his commands. He still wants to do as Yah said. As I said, he could have just left them to it and gone up into the mountain and said, let Joshua sort you out. Let, let Yahushua take over. I'm done. But he didn't do that. And um, he, he did what was right for the people up until that day when he had to die. Luke 9.23 says, And he said unto them, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Lee says, uh, Yeah, Lee says, He grieved for those who fought against him, who wanted to undermine him because he knew what the punishment from Yah would be. Shell brought this up recently. Amen. Yeah, it's very interesting that. It's very... Um, very powerful that oh Beck Shabbat Shalom Shabbat Shalom I don't think I've seen you come in so Shabbat Shalom sorry for missing you um no thank you for joining us if it wasn't for for everybody in the chats there wouldn't be a Torah portion to go through with you so there wouldn't be no show so I thank you all for your support it really means so much John says Jude 1 9 yet Michael the archangel who contend them with the devil he disputed about the body of Mashiach dared not bring against him a relaxation but said Yahweh rebuke you Okay, so I've actually, um, I was listening to, oh, careful my leg. I was listening to, in work, now, an audio um, script, uh, like an audio scripture, and it was about, uh, I don't know, I'm not claiming to say it, it was, it's, uh, it's inspired or it's true, but it was the apocalypse, or the ascension, apocalypse of Moshe, the ascension of Moshe, one or the other. And at the end, it actually discusses this. And, um, he he was, um, and it was saying about Hasatan was accusing him. Remember, Hasatan is the accuser, and he was trying to say, "Look, you you're not allowing him in the promised land, so that means he sinned." And and Moshe and and uh, Yah obviously sent Michael to to take Moshe because he wanted him with him. Um, so yeah, it's very interesting that. Also, I heard on that is the reason why uh, Hasatan wanted to take him is because he wanted the people to make him an idol. Um, you know, we see it with the... So I'm not I'm not saying I agree with this. I'm just saying what I heard from the scriptures. We've seen how with the fiery serpent, uh, the, the the serpent on the panna, the Nefeshon and Paul, I don't know how you want to say it, but we read how Hezekiah tore that down. So even how many years after Moshe, when they were in the land, King Hezekiah had to, had to, had to take that down because they were treating it like an idol. So... Imagine what they would have done with the body of Moshe. Imagine how much they would have idolized the body of Moshe. And I believe that that is actually what it's saying about there is that Hasatam wanted to take 
Moshe's body so that the people would make it an idol. Now, I'm not saying I agree with that. However, that is uh, something that I've heard recently, and it could explain that. Um, when I heard, obviously, I thought about that scripture there, and it's, I don't know, something to think about, something to, to look into. So, Dathan, together with his brother Abraham, were among the quarrelsome and seditious personalities in Egypt and in the wilderness who sought on every occasion to place difficulties in the way of Moshe. Yeah, and we have those people in our lives that want to try and... The Caduceus, yeah, yeah, we see it in the Caduceus to do it, talking about with the, that the, the fesh on a pole, how how that is still, you know, paraded around in an idolized today. I believe it is, John. I believe that is why 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 no one knows. Oh, sorry, am I going to put it up? Are you going to put it up? I'll put it up. I believe that's why uh, no one knows where Moshe's body is where he was buried because the people would have idolized it. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm not saying that's true. I'm not saying I'm right on the matter at all. Uh, I'm not saying that book's true. I'm just, that's just something I heard. I thought I'd share it with you because you just brought up a very interesting point. Um, yeah. So, so back to, to Lee's comment. Yeah. We have these personalities, these people in our lives that will try and put those stumbling blocks in front of us that will try and make us stumble and make us go off path and try to usurp us to try overthrow us. So we must be careful. We see it there. No worries, brother. I'm, I hope that helped a bit. It's a very interesting topic. And it's something I think I want to maybe research more. Um, obviously one day in work, I had an app on my phone. I thought I haven't listened to that. I'll listen to it. And then it spoke about that at the end. It wasn't something I was looking for at the time, but I thought it was quite interesting. So, um, so yeah. Okay. So, um, where was I yet? Yeah. Denying ourselves to follow him. Yeah. So when we want to walk, uh, we need to deny ourselves daily. Yeah. We need to take up that cross and follow him. So trust in Yah's plan. Uh, we need to trust in Yah's will and plan. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and it's such a wonderful verse. This is trust in El Yahweh with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And that's what one of the verses that Catherine used to get me focused right again when i'm worrying about this that and the other Catherine's that one that's you know so just focused in our marriage and our in our household and is always like no come on don't worry about those things trust in your and uh, that is a verse that she used oh well thank you colin i, I really hope that you, um these are helpful to you it's such a blessing to have you with us brother it really is have, have you all it's wonderful so much like yahusha he knew that he would be delivered and die, but he still did not try and prevent it. We see this in in uh, in the Gospels, don't we? Yahushua, one I've got here, just Matthew 17, 22 and 23. And while they abode in Galil, Yahushua said unto them, The son of Adam shall be betrayed in the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceedingly sorry. So we see, as we mentioned, Yahushua at any time could have took himself off that that tree anytime he could have you know made the people fall he could have destroyed the people if he wanted and, and done whatever he, he he'd liked gone and ruled and lived but he had to die he wanted to die because of that love he had for us and it's just wonderful that like that verse brought up before dying for your brother it's so lovely so powerful 
So verse 9 through to 13. Now Moshe wrote this Torah and delivered it in the priest and the son of Levi, which bore the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh, and to all the elders of Yasharel. And Moshe commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, in the solemnity of the year of release, in the feast of Sukkot, when all Yasharel come to appear before Yahweh in the place where you shall choose, you shall read this Torah before all Yasharel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men and women, children, and the stronger stranger that is in with you, your gates, that he may hear and that he may learn and fear Yahweh and God to do all the words of this Torah, and that their children, which have not known anything, may hear and may learn to fear Yahweh as long as you live in the land wherever you go over the Jordan to possess it. And this is um, some great things here about this. So we see that. In the seventh year, uh, the year of release, as you know, that seventh year was to be the year when, you know, uh, slaves were released, debts were cleared, really was a wonderful thing. We see at Sukkot, the Torah was to be read to all the people, and it was to be done so that the people would hear, learn, and fear Yah and God, his Torah. It was also to be read so the children would learn to fear Yahweh. I know that that's something that you spoke about in one of your first shows, Robert on uh, say by grace how important it is for the children to hear and know uh, the torah to know to know the truth to know yah's word proverbs 22 6 train up a child in the way he shall go and when he is old he will not depart from it ephesians 6 4 and ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath but bring them into the nurture and abnormation of yahweh so it's so important that you know everything we do should be for the benefit of our children we should be raising them right and helping them know the truth i know it's something that i definitely didn't have growing up it's only something that's come recently and it's so important that we have that for the children you know brother lee you know what i was what came to me when i was reading this is that could you imagine if nothing else if every seven years you know how to you know how the president of the united states gives his uh you know, the, the, the national talk that he gives, right, so the whole world can hear it. Could you imagine that if even just once every seven years somebody was on the television, just say, and the whole world could hear it and they were reading the Torah, how many people that we could reach that way? I don't know why that popped in my brain, but, you know, nowadays it's hard to get it's hard to get everybody to listen all at one time. That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. Like, you know, when you have those public broadcast announcements and they take over your whole right. channel, everything, every computer, every TV just had someone reading the Torah would be amazing. I think yeah. how much. Yeah. Even would... if it was just once every seven years, or even if it, you know, could you imagine the impact that that could have if everybody had to listen to it or, turn off their TVs because that was all that was on. I don't know. That's just something. I, no, I, I reckon that would do something that would, that would, uh, that would be powerful. That would, and that would be, uh, it would be, I, it would be powerful, I think. And you'd see it resonate in people. You think every seven years, and it's interesting because I think people say, say something like every seven years you change or your personality changes or something like that. And makes you think where do they get the seven years from. Um, that would be amazing to live in a society that on a jar, yeah. And like you said, even the people that didn't want to listen to it, they could turn off the TV. But you know, you'd probably have people that would listen, and that would be strong. That would, um, yeah. Just think how much the ruach would be about if that was going on. 
the Ruach dwelling in every home. The people would be talking about it. Mm, that, yeah. that, that's that, and that's what we need. We need more people talking about this. Gather the people together. Let's talk about it. But it, we're we're so spread apart, and the world has gone so far astray, and all this evil that's out there. We gotta gather these people together, and even the ones doing the evil need to hear this. Yeah, maybe they'd change their ways. Maybe. It's planting that seed, isn't it? It's planting that seed in them. Even the wicked, you get that seed planted. You never know what could happen. And um, there's so right. many people that have had the, you know, probably wicked people in the past that have changed their ways just through hearing the truth. That that's a really good point. Planting that seed because you remember I talked about this last Wednesday about the seed that was planted in my head as when I needed help, I knew where to go. Yeah. So if we would plant that seed in people's head when they're ready, they would have an idea as to what to do or where to go. Planting that seed in people's heads—it's it's very important. No, yeah. amen, brother. I think that's a that would be a wonderful that to see that every seven years, just having Torah on TV until it's all read. That'd be amazing. Um, I think Shell said something about. These seven years, every seven years, every cell in your body has been made new. Oh, well, that's very interesting as well. That's very interesting. I know a lot of people are loving what you said, Robert. That would be a great idea. That would be uh, 40 being trials, probation and testing according to biblical mathematics. Oh, yeah. And and you can see that in in the 40s. You can see how there, there are trials. There is testing in that in that number 40 with so many events that take place and there really is a lot there really is a lot it's um it's more than you can think sometimes about what actually the amount of events that take place with 40 so um yeah i'll just try to read through this quickly but this is where we see this being read we see it happen in nehemiah when they are back and they've you know they've rebuilt city so chapter eight says and all the people gathered themselves together as one man in the street and they were before the water gate, and they spoke unto Ezra the scribe to bring the sephir of the Torah of Moshe, which Yahweh commanded to Yasharel. And Ezra the priest brought the Torah before the assembly, both men and women, and all could hear the understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And they read, therefore, before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday, before the men that and the women and those that could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the sefer of the Torah. And see verse 8 now. So they read in the sefer of the Torah of Elohim distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And verse 18. And also day by day from the first day to the last day he read in the sefer of the Torah of Elohim. And they kept the feast seven days. And on the eighth day was a solemn assembly according to the manner of Yahweh. Uh, according to the manner. And that's talking there about... When they rebuilt the city, they had the they, they read the Torah. They had the feast of Sukkot, and and how they read the the Torah every every day of it. And it just like I say, it'd be so powerful. That Torah of Yahweh says, "I have seen the manifestation of Yod's words and others by reading it out loud." Very very interesting. It's alive after all. It certainly is. And uh, I think you're on the thing, Robert. We need to now find someone who can hack into every channel, everything, and we'll just get someone reading it. Um, yeah, that'd be a good idea. That I I know who's that smart. Your wife, 
Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> she knows how to she do is. all that stuff on the computer. We'll give Kat a new, uh, we're going to give her a new identity. <laughs> yeah, she'll watch a few YouTube channel, uh, YouTube videos, and she'll suss it out. She's like that. She's a, she's very good at learning stuff on, on the laptop. So, uh, yeah, that's your uh, your next one. Once you've finished out the list of jobs you got to do, Kat, uh, the next one is learn how to hack into every TV channel, every laptop, everything. And, that would be uh, awesome. Tell me yeah. that wouldn't be awesome. No, it would be. You know, those uh, those hackers, was it anonymous? They seem to manage to do it, so I'm sure Kat can do it. That'd be incredible and would have someone there just reading the Torah, have it so that they can't turn their TVs off and they've got to hear it. And it I would be some good. You, you hear about all this stuff happening all the time, all the evil hacking that's going yeah. on all the time about – you know, somebody will be on their computer and all of a sudden, like somebody hacks in and puts uh, porn on there or, or right. You hear about that stuff happening. Why can't we hack into computers and put ya on there? No, that's it. That'd be that righteous hacking, that, that hacking for good. Yeah. Getting yeah. that seed planted, having it so they can't turn off the laptops. It's just the Torah being read to them. The word of yeah, that'd be amazing. That'd be like I said before, that'd be powerful. Yeah. That would uh, how many people that would turn to truth would be incredible. So, we're. I think we might be onto something there. So, uh, you've got homework, Kat. You've got homework. Well, after she, we'll let her finish all the jobs first, so then she can she can do that. That can be a side job. Um, we have to find out what year we're in yet for that. But then, yeah, when the next seventh year comes about, hopefully she'll be prepared. So, I uh, when you look at this, I believe that it is is perfect. Like I see with most things, I believe there is a yeah. We have that sound of applause, do we? Yeah, I believe that it's prophetic, um, and we can we can see things in this. So that seventh year would be the year of release. I believe it could be a picture of that seven thousand years when we'll be released from sin and the wickedness of the world. Um, you know, we're released from from debts there, and you know we are indebted to sin at the moment. So it could be it could be a picture of that. Yeah, Michael, we we uh, we do love Robert's idea. <laughs> I think we're definitely on to a winner. So there are many theories as to when Yahusha will return and what each feast represents. Everybody has a theory. Um, try not to go into too much in them because none of us know the truth. And But yeah, Yahusha will be doing this soon. Yeah, so yeah, so hallelujah. Let's hope that's sooner rather than later. Um, however, I agree with most that Sukkot uh, will represent that time. You know, we have eight feasts represent something. We see it in the in the first feast with uh, Passover, first fruits, and and Shavuot. I believe these four feasts that Sukkot will represent when we are tabernacking, tabernacking, tabernacking with Yah. I don't think that word sounded right then. And yeah, she's uh yeah like from V for Vendetta, cat for Yahweh instead of V for Vendetta. Yeah, I like it, Daniel. It's got a ring to it that. So. Revelation 21 2, we see, and I, Yehokan, saw the holy city re renewed Yerushalayim coming down from Elohim out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her man. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of Elohim is with men, and he will tabernacle with them, and they shall be his people, and Elohim himself shall be with them and be their Elohim. And Elohim shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Um, so just looking at this, how it's a picture 
You know, when we think of Sukkot and Tabernacles, that was a picture of when Yahushua returns. And now we're talking about this seventh year release, how it could be prophetic of that 7,000 year. So therefore, this reading is a picture of the time when Yahushua, that living Torah, will be tabernacle, will be dwelling with us, uh, teaching us and writing it upon our hearts. We see in Revelation 21, 22 onwards, it says, I saw no temple therein. For Yahweh Elohim Sevaot and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the holy city had no need for sun, neither the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of Elohim did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth shall do their glory and honor into it, and the gates of it shall not shall not be shut at all by the day, for there shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and honor of all nations unto it. So I just think that when we, we see this feast, this, uh, this seventh-year release, when the Lord's read, I think we could be getting a bit of a prophetic picture there of when that kingdom will reign with us and when we will be walking with that, we will be dwelling with that living word, um, the living Torah that will be there and he'll be writing it upon our hearts. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Revelation 12 11 amen brother yeah such wonderful verse that is and you've got an ahoy there from cat you have robert it's great to see you as always brother shabbat shalom so verse 14 now and yahweh said unto moshe behold your days approach that you must die call yahusha and present yourselves in the tabernacle of the assembly that i might give him a charge and moshe and yahusha went and presented themselves in the tabernacle of the assembly so this just makes me think how we are to present ourselves worthy for yahweh always romans 12 1 says i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of elohim that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto elohim which is your reasonable service and i know that shell mentioned it in a comment last night on uh, on our show how in this torah portion uh, how we're they're preparing to go into the land. We see that they're preparing to go into land, and that's what we should be doing with ourselves. We should be preparing ourselves for when the time comes. I know me and Robert were having a conversation before about the events of the world, and you know we, we're not going to be setting dates, but we're just preparing ourselves so we are ready for when he comes, whenever that is. Um, like I've said before, I believe we're in the last generation, but a generation could be, you know, could be a week. It could be seventy years. I don't know, a hundred years. I believe we are in that last last time. How long that is, I don't know. So we need to try and make sure that we are preparing ourselves for when he does return. We make sure that we are walking right. We are trying our best every day to pick up that cross and to, to deny the flesh and walk in his ways. Make sure we've repented for all the wickedness we do. Make sure we, we, we are trying to keep Sabbath and keep his commands and live how he told us to. So we are really do need to be prepared and be presentable, acceptable to Yah. And much like Yahushua's first coming, he and Moshe had to die before the people came into the land, into the promised land. I mentioned that before. And I see that more now, the more I've looked at it, how Moshe is that picture of Yahushua's first coming that had to die so the people could have access. Yahushua had to die so that we would be washed in that blood and have access to the kingdom, the promised land. Waxy DJ, good to have you with us, brother. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Good to have you with us. Certainly is, brother. So we have to figure out how to get along 
so that we all make it through our journey of the greater exodus. Yeah, Shell, you're, you're right. You are right. It's, you know, we need to be united. We need to really be walking in unity, all in the same direction, not going off, not trying to, you know, focus on the self, really. Just think about what's better for the body, what's better for the body. You know, we are all part of the body of Yahushua. We all have different parts and we, we all have different functions and we need to make sure that we are walking with that function which Yara has given us, with the doing what Yara has asked us or commanded us to do. Daniel says, and you shall command the children of Yashorel that they shall bring you pure olive oil beaten for the light to cause the lamp to burn always. Amen, brother. Exodus 27, 20, that pure olive oil. That's what we need to be having in our lamps, isn't that? Pure olive oil. Amen. So verse 15. And Yahweh appeared in the tabernacle in a pillar of the cloud, and the pillar of the cloud stood above the door of the tabernacle. So we see that Yahweh used the cloud of smoke to veil himself so that he could appear and speak to the people that obeyed him in the tabernacle. We have some verse of this. It says Psalm 99.7. He spoke unto them in a cloudy pillar. They guarded his testimonies and the ordinance that he gave them. Exodus 19.9, and Yahuwah said unto Moshe, Lo, I come unto you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak unto you and believe you forever. And Moshe told the words of Yahuwah unto El Yahuwah. Spoke the words of the people unto El Yahuwah. Exodus 33.9, it came to pass as Moshe entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And Yahuwah talked with Moshe. It's believed, I've heard, I think I've heard some people say, I believe that Yah. You know, this this cloud, this cloud, this smoke was there to protect the people. They wouldn't be able to look on Yah and live. We've heard before that Yah is a consuming fire. Um, believe that they wouldn't be able to look upon him and live. Therefore, that's why this cloud was there to protect them, to protect the, the people. Again, we see that love, that mercy that Yah had and always wanted to protect his people. Yeah, things won't always go our way. Yeah, they certainly won't, Shell. That's a great thing to say. Not everything will go our way. You know, we will have things that go against us, and we need to not get fixated on it sometimes and not focus on the negative things that happen. But remember that everything is happen happens at the will of your. You know, something that you bad may happen in your life, or something that may you don't know what that the long term effect of that will be and how it that what you appear or perceive as a curse could eventually be a blessing. And, and we're very short-sighted sometimes. You know, we are flesh. We are flesh. We are reaction. We react in that split second. Um, we don't always think things through, but we, we're, it's not for us to understand Yah's ways. He is so above us, and we need to make sure that we don't always fixate on those things that go against us. So verse 16 now to 18, and Yahweh said unto Moshe, behold, you shall sleep with your fathers and the people will rise up and go a whoring after the El High of the strangers of the land, whether they go to be among them and will forsake me and break my covenant, which I have cut with them. Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day and I will forsake them and I will hide my face from them and they shall be devoured, and many evils and troubles shall befall them. So they shall say in that day, Are these not the evils come upon us, because our Elohim is not among us? And I will surely hide my face in that day from all the evils which they shall have wrought 
in that they are turned unto ever Elohims. And we've looked at that in the past when we look at these curses which were to come. Yah warned the people, if you don't, if you do these things, these curses will come. And and we, we see, we know from history with hindsight that these things did come because how the people went away from Yah. So Yah is telling Moshe that the people will go astray from his word and the covenant. And we, we see it prophesied about and spoken of so many times in Deuteronomy, telling us how the people will, will go astray. So even though Moshe has told the people the Torah and the curses and blessings, they will forget and go after Elohim's. Therefore, they will face Yah's anger. They will bring Yah's anger upon them and Yah will hide his face. He will remove his protection from them. Like we've spoken about in the past, when we guard Yah's word, that word Shema, it talks about putting that hedge of protection around something. So when we Shema the word, he Shema's us. When we protect his word, he protects us. And we see it all the time. Psalm 30 verse 7, Yahweh, by your favor, uh, you have made my mountain to stand strong. You did hide your face and I was troubled. Psalm 104:29. you hid your face, they are troubled. You take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. And Isaiah 64, 7, and there is none that calls upon your name that stirs up himself to take hold of you. For you have hid your face from us and have consumed it because of our iniquities and we see it's because our our iniquities because of our transgression our sin that yah's protection is removed from us verse 9 to 22 now therefore write ye this song for you and teach it the children of yasharel put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of yasharel for when i shall have brought them into the land which i swore seven oaths into their fathers that flows with milk and honey and they shall have eaten and filled themselves and waxed and fat. Then they will turn unto other Elohims and serve them and provoke me and break my covenant. And it shall come to pass when many evils and troubles are befallen them, that this song shall testify against them as a witness, for it shall be shall not be forgotten out of the mouths of their seeds, for I know their imagination which they go about even now before I have brought them into the land which I swear seven oaths. Moshe therefore wrote the song in the same day and taught the children of Yasharel. And that song is something that we'll be going through next week. Um, maybe need to get someone to to learn to maybe make it a song for us. It's it's a big chapter. Uh, it's not as catchy, I don't think, as the uh, the song of Moshe. But maybe that's something for us to work on. So this song must be a witness to testify of how Yahweh delivered them and protected them. It was to be sang to bring remembrance when they came into evil and troubles and was to be taught to their children. Again, we see that importance of teaching the children, letting that next generation know the truth. We see it in our lives today. However, the past few generations, they've tried to remove Yah from schools, from books, from everything, from TV. They tried to remove Yah from it. You know, Yah tells us to teach the children and we can see the world trying to make it so that we're not able to do that. And this song must have been divinely inspired by Yahweh because we, we see that Moshe wrote it that same day. He wrote it in this day. So we appear that those words were given to him by Yah. And we know that Yah is able to put words in our mouths to fill us with his Ruach. Isaiah 59, 21 says, As for me, this is my covenant with them, says Yahweh. My Ruach that is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth, nor out of the mouth of your seed, nor out of the mouth of your seed, seed, says Yahweh from henceforth 
and forever. And sometimes I'm sure we've all had those moments where we, you know, we, we go and we start saying things which didn't come from us. You know, Yars, as, as you know, he's, he's put his ruach on as he's speaking through us. I know Catherine had one of those moments, um, not this walking in the word, but the, the week before where she, she, she went off script from what she usually says, but it was a powerful word and word. And she even said, you know, that didn't come from me. That came from Yar. And we see how he can do that to us. He can, he can give us the words, which we don't have. And uh, we can see the importance and power of songs and how they help us remembrance and bring us back to Yar. And I know sometimes when I may be, you know, you may be having a difficult time. You might be living a difficult day, not feeling the best, you know, you're entering into Sabbath and, you feel you you get some worship music on it really can turn you around it really can put you in the right spirit the right ruach it can get you you know connected back to your they really can be powerful when done for good and with scripture hallelujah thank you very much michael so now i'm going to get to some important stuff and uh, some some new things that came to me in a minute so we carry on now Verse 23 to 26. And he gave Yahushua the son of Nun a charge and said, Be strong and of good courage. We see again those words. For you shall bring the children of Yahshua unto the land which I swore seven oaths unto them, and I'll be with you. And it shall and it came to pass when Moshe had made an end of writing the words of his Torah in the Sefer until they were finished, that Moshe commanded Levi'im, which bore the ark of the covenant of Yahuwah saying, take this sephir of the Torah and put it in the side of the ark of the covenant for Yahweh that it may be there for a witness against you. So this book was to be a witness as well, along with the song, for the people to remember all Yahweh's word and to bring them back when they fall away. Two or three witnesses, we, we read, were needed to establish a matter. We see it spoken over here in Matthew 18.16 as well. But if we will not hear you, then take with you one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. We see obviously there, Yahushua there quoting scripture. We see it in, in Leviticus and Deuteronomy about the mouth of two or three witnesses. So we see that Yahweh is establishing a written witness or like a physical one and an aura witness to be passed down throughout generations, possibly a spiritual one as well. We can see a physical and spiritual in the, in the Torah and in the song so something that came to me only recently yeah it was, it was amazing hearing it it was amazing to be on air with cat as she was given a direct word from the ruach of yah it really was powerful and uh, i can tell you the calf was not ex expecting to say that but it really was powerful so here we're going to just have a few looking at this spiritual and physical witnesses so what i find interesting when looking at this is how we are we're given here two witnesses and we are told in revelation about two witnesses i'm not saying that these are the two witnesses i'm not going into detail on that but what i just i just find it quite interesting how we've got the torah which is to be a witness we've got the song which is to be a witness we've got two witnesses there and in revelation 11 we read and there was given me a Given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of Elohim and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the other nations, and the holy city shall they tread under forty foot forty and two months. And I will 
give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive branches and the two menorahs standing before the Elohim of the earth. So I'm not saying, as I as I mentioned, I'm not saying that these are the witnesses at all. Like I'm not saying that these are the witnesses, but I find it very interesting that Yah is preparing the Sefer, the, the Torah, and Song as witnesses against the people. And here we read in Revelation about two witnesses. Now, I'm, I'm, I don't know what my beliefs are on the witnesses in Revelation. Um, it's not something I'm going to, but I'm just what I'm saying is I just I find an interesting correlation. When, when, when something interesting pops out at me, I think it's, it's really interesting to bring forward. Um, oh, so that's... So when we look at the word that's used here for witness in the Hebrew and the Greek, the Hebrew is it's H5707 and it's Ed or Ud and um, it says concretely a witness, abstract testimony and it's also said recorded as a prince or a witness. Now the word used in, in the Greek is martus or martyrs and um, it says witness, and again it says uh, a martyr, a record, or witness. So both these definitions have record in it. So a record of someone recording something. And in Revelation there, to stand before Yahweh. So this word for stand is hitsami, I believe that's how you say it. But when we look at some of these words which I've underlined, it says to stand. It says to continue a covenant or to establish. So you know, again, it's possible that the, it's, you know, when we think of that, um, the Torah, we think of this song, you know, it's something that Yah is establishing, the Torah is, that, that is the covenant, it's something that is to continue and to stand there forever. So again, I just think it's very interesting. And again, I'm not saying that these are witnesses, these are the witnesses in Revelation, but it's just something that I found interesting, something that popped out to me this morning when I was going through it. So I've only... I've only added these two slides this morning, <laughs> so I haven't spent a lot of time looking at it, but I just thought it was quite interesting that when we we all, there's so much talk about the two witnesses in Revelation, but here we see Yah establishing two witnesses with Moshe, Moshe, you know, that physical witness, which is the Torah, and that spiritual witness as well, which is the song. I just thought that was interesting. I just thought I'd share it. Um, so, yeah, so, and we, we have, we hear of, uh, witnesses as well and we we read of Yahushua so in first John 5 6 to 12 it says that is he that came by water and blood even Yahushua Hamashiach not by water alone but by water and blood and it is the Ruach that bears witness because the Ruach is truth for there are three that bear record in heaven the Father the Word and the Ruach HaKadosh and these three are one and there are three that bear witness in earth, the Ruach, water, and the blood. And these three agreed in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of Elohim is greater. For this is the witness of Elohim, which he has testified of his son. He that believes on the son of Elohim has the witness in himself. He that believes not Elohim has made him a liar. Because the words, not the record that Elohim gave of his son. And this is the record that Elohim gave the son to us gave the Son to us eternal life, and his life is in the Son. 
he that has the son has life and he that has not the son of Elohim has not life. So that's very interesting there. Um, just again, talking about these witnesses. Yeah. Um, and what's quite interesting, yeah, I was going to put these in, but I didn't put them in. You know, when we talk about those witnesses in Revelation, we think of uh, Zachariah or Zachariah. Chapter 4, it's talking about those two menorahs, the two lampstands. So Machael's put, Machael's put 4, 6 here, where it says, Then he said and spoken to me, saying, This is the word of Yahweh and Zerubbabel, saying, Not by my might, not by my power, not by my ruach, says Yahweh Sebo. And in chapter 4, it's talking about those uh, those witnesses, those all of those two menorahs, um, you know, we you know where it says there that it's I think it says it's Zerubbabel and Yahushua. Um, a lot of people, you know, I've heard people believing as well that it's it's talking about uh, the two sticks, you know, the two sticks when they're coming together to be a witness as, as people being a witness. Um, and one thing that really uh, touched on me as well is that me and my wife and some of our friends, we have a little uh, weekly or bi-weekly study or just a little small local fellowship. And, and one of the books that we're going through at the moment is Zachariah. And tomorrow, we're actually looking at Zachariah chapter four. So I thought, again, that was quite interesting is how I had that thought about the, the witnesses. You know, we're coming across it today and I'm looking at it tomorrow. So I just thought it was quite interesting. So felt a bit pressed to put it on so it is um yeah great connection thank you brother so verse 27 for i know your rebellion and your stiff neck beheld while i am yet alive with you this day you have been rebellious against yahuwah and have much more after my death so moshe is aware of how much they and their fathers rebelled with him as we spoke about before how much they just rebelled and how much they um tried moshe shall we say um therefore how much more will they be how much more will they fall away when they haven't got moshe there um as a witness to them in himself because he was there throughout the time and he's the one who took them out well you used him to take them out of mitzrayim so how much more will they go astray when they actually don't have him there as a reminder um he was a testimony in himself for Yahweh, we read in Hebrews 3, 5, and Moshe truly was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of these things which were to be spoken after. So we see today how people no longer believe the Bible and say it is a lie because they do not have faith and have not seen. So, you know, that's why it's so, you know, we have that faith because even though we haven't seen, um, it's just so important to really have that faith that belief in things not seen to really stand true to the word. We have the world around us telling it's, it's a lie, trying to make us go astray, trying to make us turn away. But we will stay, we'll stand firm, we'll be courageous and strong in our belief. 28, gather unto me all the elders of your tribes and your officers that I may speak these words in their ears and call the heavens and the earth to record against them. So we see a reflection of how the previous Torah portion, Mitzavim, starts. So in Deuteronomy 29, 10, 11, it says, You stand this day, all of the people before Yahweh your captains of your tribes, your elders, your officers, and all the men of Yasharel, your little ones, your women, and your strangers, that is your camp, from the hewer of wood and to the drawer of water. So we see here how it's so important to have all the people together, all the people um 
together in unity, as Shell spoke about before, gathered together to listen to these words. And again, we see two witnesses, in a sense, here with the, with the heavens and the, the earth, with the Shamayin and the Eretz. We see these two witnesses, which will stand forever and last throughout time. For I know that after my death, you will utterly corrupt yourselves and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you. And evil will befall you in the latter days, because you will do evil in the sight of Yahweh to provoke him to anger through the works of your hands. So the people will utterly corrupt themselves. And we see that the word used for corrupt is used twice here, shachaf. And um, it's a word that we spoke about before. It says, it says to ruin, to corrupt, to destroy. And it's the word that's used in Genesis 6 when it's talking about the corruption of the earth and the destruction that will, will come. And we see a, cor a correlation between being corrupt and destruction. And when you actually look at the word, I haven't done it here, but when you look at it, it's a, a shin, a chet, and a tav. I believe I said it was um, destruction comes to those that separate themselves from the covenant. We have that shin, which is destruction. We have that chet, which is defense um, or separate. And we have the tav, which is the covenant. So we have the destruction comes to those who separate themselves from the covenant. So through corrupting ourselves, through through um, defiling ourselves with going against Torah, through going after these other Elohims, through walking in these wicked ways, through walking in these idolatrous ways, we will bring that destruction upon ourselves. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, I didn't put it in. I didn't realize I didn't put it in the actual slide. But yeah, so I hope you can see that with me just, just saying it to you. I think this may be the last verse. And Moshe spoke into the ears of all the assembly of Yashrael the words of this song until they were ended. So we end now just before Moshe sings this song. So Yahweh uses music to edify us, to teach us, and we are to sing to help us in times of trouble. We'll see an importance with music and singing. Ephesians 5.19 says, Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to Yahweh. Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Mashiach dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to Yahweh. And Acts 16.25, And at midnight put all and Sila prayed and sang praises unto Elohim, and the prisoners heard them. We see how important it is to to really to sing, to 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 praise, to have hymns, to sing. And when we are with Yahushua again, we are told that we will also sing Revelation 5 9. And they sung a new song saying, You are worthy to take the sephir and to open the seals thereof. For you were slain and you have redeemed us to Elohim by your blood and out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And Revelation 14, 3. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. And no man could learn the song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. So we see here in Revelation, they're talking about singing as well and rejoicing. So we see how important it is. So we'll just end then with a quick recap on everything we've looked at. So it was only one chapter, but there was still quite a lot in there. So... We, how we, uh, so in this Torah portion, we've seen how we will walk 
we're talking about our walk and whether we'll walk with Yah or with the world. Sorry, James saying, I wish there was a way to hear the music David wrote and played for Yah. Oh, yeah, that would be a wonderful, that would. Um, it really would be wonderful to hear that music and what kind of music it is. I'm sure it'd be totally different from anything that we could uh, listen to today. It'd truly be wonderful. So, Yahusha, we see him in the leaders of Yasharel. We see um, it, it both in Moshe and in Joshua. And we see possible evidence of the 6,000-year timeline in, in Moshe, Noah, and Acts in those 120. We're told to be strong and courageous in Yah, not to come into fear. Also to be as humble as Moshe, something that we spoke about a lot, having that humbleness. Helping and supporting others as well, not just thinking about how we are to lift ourselves up and to and to, to make a, a shem for ourselves, we could say, but how we are to help all those around us. A prophetic picture in the seventh year Torah, reading at Sukkot, possibly of when we will tabernacle with the word when released from sin and death, when we have that release from the from sin and that death that it holds over us. Yah tells them how the people will go astray and their corruption will result in destruction. We just looked at that word, that shachaf, and how it it has that link. And it's it's the destruction when we t separate ourselves from the covenant. And Moshe and Yahushua present themselves before Yah, and as we should be prepared to do. We should be living each day prepared to present ourselves to Yah. Just think, if, if Yah was to come now, Yahushua was to come now, Am I happy with how I am? Am I happy? Would I be able to present myself? Or are there still some things that I need to work on? And I'm not saying that I'm perfect and I've got it right. I know I have things I need to put work on. Um, but that's something maybe that we should be all trying to look at in our lives. And then we see the witnesses established in the Torah and the song. So, yeah, so there was a lot there. And, and Daughter of Yahweh says, songs get into the long-term memory and stay longer than anything else. Yeah, that's it's a great thing. And Yah knows that. And that's probably why Yah said, you know, teach the kids this song, uh, teach yourselves this song, because it will it will, uh, it'll, it'll stay in you for longer. And it's easier to remember. I certainly know that. You can remember songs from when you were a teenager or younger. Um, you know, songs I probably don't wish, I don't want to remember. I can still remember. And if you turned it on, I could probably sing every word. I don't want to be able to remember those things. But it's just, uh, yeah, like what you said, it just resonates and stays more within you. Um, thank you, John. Uh, Shabbat Shalom, brother. Thank you very much for joining us. It has been a blessing to have you with us these since you've uh, these past few weeks. And that it really has been, uh, you brought some great scriptures. So I thank you very much. Um. Yeah, thank you all for. I think I hope it's been a blessing. You. You've, you've seen some things maybe you hadn't seen before, and if you have, I hope it's just been a a, a nice fellowship with you all. I know it's it's been wonderful for for me as well. Every week is it's so wonderful. Um, yeah, th thank you, Sue. Uh, thank you very much today for coming with us. Hope you have a enjoy the rest of your Sabbath. I know it's getting towards the end of yours now. Lee says, thank you for bringing us the word today. All praise is glory and exaltation to Yahweh and Yahushua HaMashiach with the Ruach HaKadosh. Amen. Yeah, certainly is. Certainly is. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's great fellowship. That's what I really enjoy about this. Maybe Brother Lee could sing that. <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, James is on next week with us, so so we'll see. I'll have to try and uh, when I go through each section, give it a read. <laughs> 
Yeah, I could maybe try it. I'll practice this week and see what the kids think about it. Uh, hallelujah. We plow the fields and scatter. Amen, Colin. Thank you, brother, for being with us. Such a blessing. Such a blessing to have you always. Michael as well. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you, Shell, as well. It really is just wonderful fellowship. And that is um, really enjoyed just being able to to gather with you all and just uh, to speak with you all. It's been wonderful. Thank you, daughter of Yahweh. Praise Yahweh for this family. Yeah, it's it's so wonderful. And we've spoke about it many times how, you know, I'm sure the internet was, you know, they use it now to try and monitor us, to, to control us. But it's 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 wonderful how we can use it to to fellowship with one another, how we can use it to to be, you know, Robert's there in America now, I'm here in Wales, and we can just have a conversation, all used from all over the world as well. It's just so wonderful and such a blessing. It really is. So I thank you all for being with us. Has been wonderful, Robert. Have you got anything you'd like to add? No, I just want to thank you, Lee, for uh, thank you for bringing the word with us today and your insight as always. I uh, really enjoyed it. Some really good stuff that we saw today for such a short chapter. That was a that, that was a lot of good good scripture to put in with that. I really appreciate all that hard work you do, Lee. As always, I thank everybody for joining us and. Uh, I know everybody's saying thank you, Robert and Lee, but I didn't do anything. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> so, no, no, so don't say that, Robert. No, we Robert, no. You uh, you definitely bring something to it. So don't um don't say that at all. We've definitely missed you as well. And and hey, you've come up with the 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 idea of the idea of the year. I think we need to learn to we need to get it every seventh year. So someone is on TV reading the Torah. So uh, yeah, you know, if you weren't here, we would never come up with that. And you, you bring so much, Robert. Don't don't uh, say that about yourself at all. It is such Thank a blessing you. to have you. And really, I've missed you these past few weeks. Just glad that you are feeling better and you're, you're back with us. Oh, Shabbat Shalom, Jennifer. Thank you for being with us. Um, yeah, it's, it's just wonderful. Really do enjoy this. It's uh, Thank you all for your support, for your blessings. It's, it is so wonderful. So um, before we go off, though, I'd just like to say anybody who is, who is watching that hasn't uh, already joined the uh, the telegram groups please uh, join if you go into our website at heartofthetribes.org heartofthetribes.org and um, there is links there for all the telegram groups um we have one just for for fellowship and talk and we have one as well for um yeah everybody loves you robert so i won't don't be saying stuff no one will let you say anything bad about yourself Thank um, you. we have one for just men we have one for news we have a torah one so it is great. So if, if you can, please join them. Um, great place to fellowship, prayer requests, praise reports, just just a place for people to support each other and just, just to help each other and just go through scripture. So if you haven't, please join them. Um, also, make sure you get your show buzz ready because we will be ended in a minute. I told my I told my daughter, my oldest daughter this morning, it'll be two hours or less. And she laughed at me. She said, you can't do two hours or less. I was like, it's only one chapter, and she still laughed. So I need to prove Lizzie right, right, wrong, so I need to get off. But, yeah, no, we love you, Robert. We Thank you for being with us, brother. Like I said, we have missed you, and it's great to have you with us. Um, so, yeah, so everybody make sure you check out the website. Uh, check out the shows that we got this week. Subscribe to the YouTube channels if you can and if you want to, and put the notifications on so you don't miss anything. We've got a lot of shows coming. And, and tomorrow we begin the week, how I love to begin the week, I'm back in work, but I get to listen to my good brothers. Starting off with this man, Robert Wagner, on Mercy Poured Forth at 9.30 uh, a.m. EST and 2.30 uh, 
and UK time PM, and then followed by James Carruthers with the better and half tour portion. So it really is a great way to start your week. And it's just every day we've got something, maybe not something for everybody, but hopefully we've got something for everyone. You might not want to watch every show, but hopefully there is something there that you'd like to watch and uh, that, that helps you. So I thank you all very much. It's been such a blessing. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Uh, I really cannot thank you enough for being with us. It's, it's so wonderful. And I just hope you all enjoy the rest of your Sabbath. Uh, if it's the end of your Sabbath, I hope you have a wonderful Sabbath. I thank you for taking this time to be with us. And I just, uh, just praise you all. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat Shalom! Shabbat Shalom!